Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, how's it going Lyle? Going great, Mon. Yeah, yeah. Yep, new week. Oh, you're wearing a tie. I am. What is up with you? Yeah, funeral. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a nice tie though. Thank you. What are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm grateful for having a nice tie. (laughs) Did your wife buy you that? What do you reckon? Yes. (laughs) No way you would have ever bought a piece of clothing for yourself. (laughs) I have bought pieces of clothing for myself on occasions. Yeah, in desperation, I'm sure, when you couldn't find any more clean socks, just went out and got some new ones. Blunston boots? Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I go clothes shopping at Bunnings. (laughs) I'm not surprised in the least. <laughs> Dude, you'll not believe what happened to me today. What? I'm, this is like oh, one of my favoriteest gratitude stories yet. So yesterday, I um, my housemates, two of my housemates, Jade and Tom, the lads, um, I asked them to help me with changing the oil and water or checking the oil and water and changing the light bulbs in my headlights in my car because, as you know, my headlights haven't been working. Yeah, no, no, mine has been I've driving been, without headlights. No, I've been driving with my high beams on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's much of, better. It's kind anyway. of worse for everybody else. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, they they were doing that. Um, they didn't find out what was making because it turns out that the light bulbs weren't broken, and then they were guessing it might have been a fuse, but it wasn't that either. So they're googling. They said they're googling. They're working on it. Anyway, I didn't. I wasn't outside at the car at any point. So the new the new light bulbs they put in. We're not working D- on... Didn't make any difference. Ooh. Yeah, so obviously the problem is something else. If you know the answer, Mon needs your help. <laughs> yeah. Our number is 1-800-324-843. Anyway, it's a Hyundai Accent 2000. Anyway, I didn't. I wasn't outside at any point for this entire rigmarole. I was like glued to the couch, um, like very lazily. I mean, I was a little bit... <clears throat> I don't want to say sick, but I'm having a momentary health glitch. Um, anyway, so I, I was just inside this whole entire time. And then this morning, I get up and I go outside, and do you know what those boys did? I'm not sure if it was both of them or one of them or what happened, but I opened my car door, and this smell hit me of clean. They detailed the inside of my car as a surprise. I'm guessing as a surprise. I was like, what on earth? My car looks like a new car. I'm like, this is so nice. They got a a dodgy old Hyundai accent. (laughs) And breathe new life into it. <laughs> yeah. Like a million kilometers on it. I know. You're 20 years old. I'm so surprised, but I'm so blessed. So, yeah, extremely happy. You are very blessed. Yeah. I was like, I did not deserve that. So, yeah, very happy. Anyway. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. About the oil dripping from my head I never did dream beyond the pastures I could tend It never was about the praise Not about the street parade I didn't really need a crowd when Goliath fell down I never meant to woo a king Simple shepherd songs Well how do 
Welcome back, everybody. We're listening to Chris Tomlin with Your Heart here on Faith FM, and Mon is about to give us the first clue for the first quiz of, of the, the first day of the last week. 
<laughs> no, it is the last week. Of, I of can't August. believe it's the last week of August. How did we get here? I'm pretty sure it was still June a minute ago. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, by the way, I went for my August swim yesterday. Oh, congrats. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, hopefully yep. I'm well enough to go very, for Very, very refreshing. Wednesday. It was in the ocean. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you could do. I thought. Oh, okay, fine. No, I did my I June swim in the middle of the middle of the Simpson Desert. That wasn't my pool. Yeah, and I, that was ice. For some reason, I keep thinking that your challenge is to do the swim in your pool at home, not just swim somewhere anywhere. Because well, last would, year it was in well, my that pool wouldn't, at home. That wouldn't really be much of a challenge because you could just go to any heated indoor pool and swim all year. <laughs> no, nah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Heated oh, indoor swimming pool is. does. That's, that's, where, that's, the that's, that's where the line is. That's where the line is. <laughs> okay, no Ponzi swimming pools for Lyle. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you, the ocean was so much warmer than the Simpson Desert. Yeah, yeah. So much warmer. It was nice. I stayed out there for like ages. I thought I'd go and have a quick dip and jump back out again. It was like, nah, this is nice. I'll stay here and go for a swim. So I did. This is a Stuart's point? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Love yeah. that beach. Yep, Love that beach. Best. Good memories. Okay, Lyle, what creature am I? Let's see if that swim woke you up yesterday. If a person could not afford to offer it. Hang on. This is really easy. Let me see. How could... Don't you... How, have you even finished the clue? He's moving down the answer. All right, fine. I'll finish the clue. If a, la- if, a, if a person could not afford a lamb as a sin offering, he could substitute two of these creatures. Give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM if you know the answer. 1-800-324-843. Lyle's already written down the correct answer. And uh, if you get that one right, I will send you a lovely prize. So you all need to go for a swim today. It will wake up your mind. You will feel refreshed and you will be able to get the quiz clue sorted even before it's even just half read out. Yeah, it's quarter past seven. No one's going for a swim right now. <laughs> Some people are going. By the way, Some, someone is going for a swim if you want right to text now. Your answer zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I'm sure people who are training for the Olympics are in the pool right now. Yeah, of course. Anyway. Okay. You got the yawns this morning, Mon. Dude, I'm 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 just working on my health glitch, all right? <laughs> Mon is not sick. I'm not sick. Momentary health glitch, that's all. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually super impressed at uh, how not sick you are. Thanks. Because I was worried on Friday that you were going to um just sort of plummet into the abyss of, of Oh I did. Um, that's where I was all Saturday. I didn't emerge from my room at any point on Saturday. Yeah, but to be back here at work like this on Monday, I'm Dude, actually super impressed. You have I prepared to be back. even more impressed because I worked yesterday. No way. I worked nine to four yesterday. Yeah. By the end of it, I was pretty haggard. I'm not going to lie. And, and, I, and I admit that about an hour after I started, I quickly dipped to the supermarket next door to my workplace and purchased a scarf. <laughs> and I only had baby scarves, so I wore a tiny little baby scarf. I, I thought you collected scarves. Did you sell them all? But I was at work, so I couldn't, I couldn't just go home and get a scarf. I, did, I, did, I didn't think to bring one, and so I, I literally wore a baby scarf. And because it's a baby scarf, it looked more like a collar. And then with my uniform on top of it, I looked like a priest. Okay. Have you seen did my work uniform? My work uniform to... is the same shape as the, as the jumper you're wearing right now. So, yeah, and then imagine that with like a the tiny pink baby scarf and then I clipped the top together. <laughs> it was very priestly. Anyway, anyone, so uh, off track. Ask, anyone ask for confession? Oh, I would have I would have whipped out a Bible and told them all about the truth about confession. Lyle, I would have enjoyed that thoroughly. <laughs> okay, I have a really sweet story, Lyle. This is a really lovely story um, about a good deed. This is about uh, Sergeant Seth Craven, uh, who was deployed uh, over in the, with the National Guard in Afghanistan. 
And he was flying home because his wife was about to have their first baby uh, by C-section on Friday morning. Um, so he's a young 26-year-old sergeant. And uh, so he was flying home and um, to witness basically the, son, the birth of his first child, the birth of his son. Yep, uh, as a, you do. A storm caused his final flight to be delayed. And um, uh, so he was in Philadelphia. He just, he just landed in Philadelphia from Kuwait when the poor weather forced the airline to cancel his flight to West Virginia, Charleston, hmm. West Virginia. And uh, his wife was scheduled to deliver the baby by C-section on Friday morning. And so he went and just bought another ticket uh, for early Thursday. Um, and unfortunately, that flight was also delayed so many times um, that he started to get really stressed. He thought he was going to miss out. He, can you imagine leaving Afghanistan yeah, to catch? And, oh, I know. And then, and then at the la- at the eleventh hour, having just a little flight just constantly delayed and cancelled, and you you've come so far, and then you you just really miss Charlestown it. is not far. Yeah, and um, so he became increasingly distressed. Um, and apparently, word of his predicament uh, began to circulate amongst the other passengers until it reached the ears of Charlene Vickers. And uh, she was a, in a bit of a traveling party and several of her acquaintances, they were on a deadline to attend a health conference in Charleston on Friday afternoon. And, uh, and since she's from the Philadelphia area, her car was already parked at the, road, at the, um, at the airport. And, uh, and she was like, do you know what? I've made up my mind. And so she went and she found um, uh, Sergeant Craven and she introduced herself and she said, I am getting to West Virginia tonight. Come hell or high water. Do you want to join this crazy party of ours? <laughs> and so without even waiting for his baggage, jumped, Craven just jumped in the car and the bunch of them traveled with Vickers for an eight-hour road trip, just drove straight through the night. Um, he made it to his house just after midnight and he was able to stand next to his wife's bedside when their son Cooper was born the following morning. Nice. Isn't that, Isn't that awesome? Yeah. yeah I just, oh. A great adventure. You know, a road trip through the middle of the night is a good adventure on odd occasions. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth it. I just love it how she just said, you know what? <laughs> if the plane won't get you there. I'm going to drive you eight hours home. That's so nice. Um, yeah, so good Good on Carolyn Vickers for doing that. And, yeah, if you're inspired to, to do someone <clears throat> a nice um, act of kindness, it doesn't have to be an eight-hour road trip to get them to their house, but definitely something in that vein. Um is, is like this little story, like we're talking about it on the other side of the world on Monday morning. Like who would have thought, you know, one little act of kindness can have a ripple effect that far. And who knows how many people are listening to it now. Yeah. Lyle. Yes. Speaking of confession. Uh-huh. You're about to confess? No, I'm going to see if I can get one out of you. Uh, I have nothing to confess. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I have not sinned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet today. <laughs> until just now. <laughs> Are you one of those people or have you been one of those kids when you go to like a park or, you know, some sort of nature place that you might take a little sneaky souvenir home, like a shell from a beach or a rock from well interesting rock from a bushwalk, <sighs> maybe a pine cone. Got you there, didn't I? (laughs) Unbelievable! The things, the things that see, see. This is not a confession. This is an accusation. (laughs) Maybe like a dry leaf or something, (laughs) or a pine cone. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did take a pine cone home one time. Uh It's now growing in my, in my. Rose Garden. 
mm-hmm. not as a rose, but it's amongst the roses. It's growing as a pine tree. It's a cool pine tree. This is, to be honest, like my daddy taught me to leave things behind. He was like, don't pick flowers, don't take shells, don't take anything because you taking it home, sure, you have a, maybe a souvenir. If you, have, if you pick fresh flowers, you have a souvenir for like, what, a day before they die. And if you've taken a shell, sure, it can sit on your... Um, on your dresser as a little souvenir until you're tired of it and it gets dusty and no one ever looks at it. But you taking it means you take the enjoyment for yourself and no one else can ever enjoy it because it's only yours and then you sit on the shelf. It's better to leave things behind so everyone can enjoy them, right? I still struggle with that concept because, and the only reason why is, and I know two wrongs don't make a right, but like sometimes I think to myself, yeah, but if I leave it behind for someone else, it's like not like other people aren't going to have the same attitude. They're going to take it and eventually there'll be nothing left. I should have just taken it when I had the chance. So I have one, you know, do you know what I mean? Because someone else will take it if I don't, right? Yeah, nah. <clears throat> so occasionally... This is not something we're going to recommend on air. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just being honest about my struggle. But I have a really cool story, right, about a little girl who was an excellent role model for park preservation. So park rangers have actually uh, praised this little anonymous little girl and have posted um, her apology letter that she wrote along with returning a heart-shaped stone that she took during her visit to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. (laughs) 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 So she was on a walk and she saw a little heart-shaped rock and uh, took it home, put it in her pocket, took it home. But she got the guilts and she felt, do you know what? Someone else needs to see this. She said, Dear Park Rainer, Deep Creek uh, had to come home with me. Uh, Sorry, Deep Creek was awesome. I especially liked the Tom Branch Falls. I loved it so much I wanted to have a souvenir to come home with me, so I took a rock. I'm sorry, and I wanted to return it. And also, here is a donation. And they posted that up, and they said, this is exactly what we want people to do. We want people to preserve it so that everyone uh, can enjoy it. Because apparently, 11 million rocks go home for the park every year. Wow. So that's, uh, that's going at a pretty fast rate.
back, guys. That was Stones of Eden with Whisper Gently. You listen to Faith FM. Mon is busily coming into the studio with a bowl full of porridge and a yellow apple, as she always has for breakfast. This I is the breakfast porridge. show, after all. This is where we porridge have breakfast on air. I'm going to be so sad when yellow apple season's done. I just I realised these are grown in Australia, which is unusual. I would have thought they'd been imported from somewhere. Yes. Well, it seems to be the way that things happen these days, but anyway. Okay. Um, clue okay. number two. Yes. Clue number two. What creature am I? Jesus said to those who sell these creatures in the temple, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? He didn't say that. Yes, he did. He said, take these things hence. I remember reading in sure the uh, Bible story. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, what creature is that? If you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number, or zero four nine one Aramaic. Yeah, I was going to say that's what Aramaic sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's one of those Middle Eastern languages. They all sound the scribbling symbolish <laughs> um, to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you want to send us a text message, um, and of course Jesus would have probably spoken Hebrew as well. Yeah, if you can speak Aramaic, call us up and tell us how you say "get those out of here." How do you turn my father's house into a market in Aramaic? Indeed. Anyway, we had a uh, rather large and nasty fire threatening homes here in the Newcastle region on Friday. Oh, really? Uh, when we were driving north, because uh, Shell and I went to a couple's retreat, which was amazing. Um, while we were driving north, we saw another fairly decent-sized bushfire uh, burning off to the west of the Pacific Highway, which is a little bit early in the year for... Bushfire season. Bushfire season and bushfires that are actually big enough to threaten people's homes, but it is very, very dry. They are now estimating that we may not get rain until 2022. What? Uh, new car, or significant rain. Of course, there was like three drops this morning. Yeah. Um, but particularly in the west, where the farmers are, um, here along the coast, we're likely to get some rain. And, uh, of course, the drought in Australia is starting to become the forgotten drought. It's been in the news for so long now that people are starting to forget that it exists and it's we're probably going to try and you know cover some more stories on the drought. And of course, you know you go to the outback and their pockets where they've had rain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, the drought's gone. No, the drought hasn't gone. You have uh, a couple of cyclones that go through Queensland, and there's massive flooding. And we're like, oh, the drought's gone. No, the drought hasn't gone. Uh, locally, they've had pockets of relief here and there, but um, a lot of what is is in you know, the vast majority of Australia now is just in the process of turning to dirt. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're hearing stories of farmers whose cattle are being literally eaten alive by foxes uh, because the cattle are too weak to uh, to get away. And so some, you know, just, just horrific stories coming out as a result of the drought. Uh, big story in the news at the moment, of course, is that the Amazon Basin is on fire. So I think it was last week or the week before we talked about how the Arctic was on fire. And these are the two biggest areas in the world where carbon or CO2 is absorbed. And both of them on fire. Uh, they've sent uh, two uh, C-130 Hercules planes there that can each carry uh, 12,000 litres of water. But um, the Brazilians are saying that they're not actually going to put the fires out. What? Why not? Uh, because they don't have the facilities in Brazil to deal with bushfires. It's a rainforest and rainforests don't burn. So they've never 
you know, geared up with all that kind of gear. And of course, it's, you know, not, not as developed a country as Australia or the United States, so they don't have that capability anyway. But rainforests don't burn because they're too wet and moist and they just, they just don't burn. So, so when you but say now that- the rainforest is drying out mm. and massive fires are just tearing through uh, through six states right now, uh, completely out of control. And the Brazilians have basically said, well, they, those fires will go out either when they run out of fuel or when the weather changes. And, of course, the monsoon is you know, a long way off yet, so, so many months away. They're literally doing nothing about it. Close to nothing. They just don't have the capability to do anything of any significance um, in relationship to it. Of course, they have uh, the the the, uh, the the Amazon has called for them to send the army in to combat these fires. But really, the most significant thing the army can do is to um, act as a de facto police force to stop people from lighting fires. All of these fires have been lit by farmers who are clearing land. Um, they, you know. Uh, it's, it's basically the old story of greed and also not understanding how the planet works. This, the Amazon is called the green lung of our planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, the, it's where all of the, you know, the, 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 and, you know, scientists have looked to um, the Amazon as, you know, our key weapon in the battle against climate change. And, of course, now it's going up in smoke. Um, so, yeah, a rather serious story, something that we need to – the Pope has actually called for the world to pray about the fires in the Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, – and, of course, there's a danger there to um, uncontacted tribes. The Amazon is um, one of two places in the world that has uncontacted tribes, the other place being Papua New Guinea. Uh, these people have never been contacted by the outside world. And you can imagine, well, what are they going to do with a massive fire just bearing down on them? How are they going to survive something like that? Mm-hmm. How do they get away? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of you get big fires like this and a lot of people are going to die anyway. But, you know, some of these communities are incredibly, incredibly vulnerable at a time like this. So something that we do need to be thinking about and uh, and praying about. Of course, the Amazon is able to absorb 2.2 billion tons of carbon dioxide every year. That's a massive amount. This is a rainforest that goes across seven countries and covers just under 7 million square kilometers. That's huge. That's unimaginably huge. Um, and a quarter of all of the CO2 in the world that is absorbed is absorbed by the Amazon rainforest. So we really, really need it. Yeah, we do. That's why they call it the green lung of the planet. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Australia, and Australia doesn't have, you know, those big forests like that. We have, you know, particularly once you get out west to the drier areas, we have, we have desert. <laughs> very, very little vegetation to absorb, absorb CO2. And, of course, it's that same rainforest that feeds the oceans, uh, so that the oceans can absorb uh, CO2. And so there's a whole cycle there that... Uh, Do you think maybe like... Because when you said before that the, the Brazilian farmers don't understand the importance of, um, you know, how it works in the world with leading the Amazon, do you reckon maybe like some education might go a little... Yeah, there needs to be education, but there also needs to be motivation because, you know, it's like, okay, uh, that's fair enough. The rest of the world is going to suffer, but what about me and my family? Yeah. You know, 
They're clearing it for um, animal agriculture, aren't they? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the other thing that's significant about the rainforest, the Amazon rainforest, is that the growth, the plant growth in the rainforest has halved since the 1990s. Really? Yes. So it's not really growing much anymore? No, because drying out. Yeah. And where you've got, you know, rainforests typically grow at an incredible rate because you have warm weather combined with high rainfall, but when you uh, have that lower rainfall coming through and it ceases to be a rain forest, Mm -hmm. uh, the growth just slows right down. And so you've got the same species that are growing there because sort of that's what's um, reproducing and that's what's happening there. But they just do not have the rainfall to sustain the growth that they have sustained, you know, that that area has sustained for the last couple of thousand years or whatever. And so the growth rate has halved. So, yeah, our world is an interesting place right now. part at the seams. It is. It is. And this is exactly what the Bible, you know, describes, you know, so many times at the end of time. The Bible says that the world will grow old and wear out like a piece of clothing. Yeah, we're definitely wearing out. And I kind of feel when I look around at our world that it's a little bit like a worn-out pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and everywhere. not one of those worn-out pairs of jeans that you buy like that, but one that you've actually worn, worn out. out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ones that not in the op shop will take anymore. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ones that the legs are about to come off, it's about to become a pair of shorts rather than a uh, pair of jeans. Is there any hope for us then? You know, that's a very interesting question. Of course, the great hope that we all have, the Bible speaks about, is the blessed hope, and that's the return of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that all of these things, as we see them taking place, are a sign that Jesus is coming back again soon. And so we can actually take courage from the fact that, you know, this world will be recreated in its Edenic perfection. And we will be able to watch that process take place. Something amazing to look forward to. Anyway, this is uh, Chris Rice with O Freedom. You're listening to Faith FM. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. Before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free No more weeping, no more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free There will be singing There will be singing There will be singing over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free. my 
Welcome back to Faith FM. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we had a song on a moment ago, but it's disappeared off my screen. So. It was Chris Rice with Freedom. There you go. That one right there. Mon, give us another clue for our quiz okay. real quick. What creature am I? This is clue number three. When sending out the disciples, Jesus told them to be shrewd as snake snakes and as innocent as these creatures. If you know what the answer is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Uh, or you can text your answers zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Today's prize is a copy of The Desire of Ages by E.G. White. There you go. Fantastic. Mm. Give us a call right now if you know the answer to that one. Joining us on the phone this morning is Taj Pakleb. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Now I have to ask, did I did I get my did I pronounce your your name correctly? Oh yeah, you got it, man. There you go, fantastic. Yeah. Taj, whereabouts, uh, whereabouts are you coming to us from? Uh, you're here in the uh, local Newcastle region at the moment, but uh, whereabouts are you based? Oh, I'm from uh, beautiful islands of Hawaii. Ah, oh, Hawaii. Um, yes, we're all um, we're all rather we're jealous, right, jealous now. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Oh, did you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Taj? I actually have one of your photographs hanging on my wall. I think it was. Oh, oh. Are you a fan? Are you a groupie? Yeah, yeah. Well, Taj does a bit of photography on the side, as far as I remember. And back in like 2011, I was at the SoCal camp meeting over in America in Southern California, and uh, and and I'm pretty sure you were there as well. And you were selling some photographs, and you had this uh, uh, a, a photograph of a pink flamingo, which is one of my all time favorite birds. And I was like, I'll have that. That's a great souvenir. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Taj, what brings you to uh, Newcastle? Yeah, we're here actually doing um, a Bible prophecy seminar at the University of Newcastle. We've been here for the last two weeks, and um, we've got one week left, and it's been, been a great experience just uh, studying the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation at the Revelation of Hope seminar. So that's, that's our the- main reason for coming. Uh, besides that, we've been enjoying listening to the beautiful Australian accent. You're <laughs> Hopefully you've been listening to the beautiful Australian accent on Faith FM Radio. <laughs> Is this your first yes. time to Australia? Uh, no, I've been here uh, maybe a handful of times. I think this is my fifth time here. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, you're always, uh, you're all, yeah, there you go. Um, but you're always welcome to uh, come back and join us here in Australia. Now, tell us about these meetings. You're speaking at the University of Newcastle about Bible prophecy. Why Bible prophecy? 
Uh, well, you know, prophecy is one of the best ways that God has revealed himself to be true, you know. Um, there's a lot of different, quote-unquote, holy books in the world that make claims of uh, divine origin, but, you know, we've discovered that Bible prophecy is the way in which we can actually verify if the Bible is true, and it gives us confidence that uh, the future is in the hands of God, and even though we live in times of uncertainty and instability and confusion, uh, prophecy is Bible says it's, a, it's, it's the light that helps us to see our way through the darkness and it strengthens our faith like never before. You know, I mean, every part of the Bible is faith strengthening. But when it comes to prophecy, seeing how, you know, God has predicted things thousands of years ago and revealed it in his word. And then we look back through history and archaeology. We see some of these ancient things that have been written actually has come to pass. And, you know, Jesus said it like this. I've told you beforehand what shall come to pass that when it is come to pass you might believe and so it's more than just uh, head knowledge and information um, but it's God showing himself to be true showing proving to us that his word is true that we can trust him with the future and we can trust him with our own individual personal futures mm. how long have you been teaching Bible prophecy for Taj I've been doing this full-time for the last 15 years or so mm-hmm um. Yeah. And uh, tell done. us tell us a little bit about your your personal journey of faith. Um, you grew up on the island of Hawaii. We're all super jealous about that. But uh, you know, did you come from yeah. a, from a Christian home, a Christian family? Uh, actually, no. Um, you know, I actually grew up in a broken home, very dysfunctional. My parents were separated most of my life, and I was in the midst of that. Sometimes I would live with my dad, and other times with mom, and um, there was no spiritual life. You know, my parents were not Christians or church goers, and so they couldn't give to me something they didn't have themselves. And um, as a result of, you know, not not knowing about God or Jesus or the Bible, at a very young age, I started making a lot of terrible decisions. Um, you know, by the time I was 10 years old, I was already smoking, and I ran away from home, and I was a compulsive thief, a uh, shoplifter and a liar and you know just real real bad decisions and in high school or college as you call it here you know things only got worse um i found myself addicted to drugs and just really living a, a lost empty life you know looking for something to satisfy and to fill the void that was in my heart um but in that lost condition someone came and knocked on my door some young people came and they gave me an invitation to a Bible prophecy seminar. And um, I was 16 years old at the time, and I went to those meetings, and that's where that's where life began for me. That's where I learned uh, about the truth of God's Word for the first time. I, I learned about the great Savior that Jesus is and how He has a better plan for us. He's the only one that can feel the emptiness you know sin will stimulate you but it will never satisfy you um but jesus does he will satisfy and he will feel and so during those meetings you know just to make a long story short i gave my my heart to christ and i asked him that he would set me free from all the destructive addictions that i had in my life 
And um, when I prayed that prayer sincerely with all my heart, the Lord took away those addictions. He made me free, and he gave me a peace that I'd never experienced before. And that's the short version of, of my of my testimony, my experience. Mm. Taj, let me just ask, when those young people knocked on your door, you're 16 years old, what was it that prompted you to go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go to these meetings with uh, with these guys? I mean, there's a lot of 16-year-olds out there who may have made a, a different decision at that particular point. What was it that prompted you to go, yeah, you know, I'll go and hear something about the Bible? Oh, great question. You know, actually, when they were knocking on my door, I was home by myself, and I was actually getting high at that very moment. I had the music blasting, on, and I was, you know, just by myself getting high. And they knocked on my door, and the, the the words that they spoke, they spoke it with conviction and and just with a deep, yeah, I don't know how to how to describe it better with than the word conviction. You know, they were there. And they believed what they were saying was true, and I could I could see it in their faces, and they just kind of pled with me at the door that um, that Jesus is coming soon, and that there's this opportunity that has come to town for us to learn more about it, and uh, and the, I believe it was the Holy Spirit that just awakened within me a realization that you know I was getting high at that moment because I was looking for something to fill the emptiness but i wasn't truly satisfied you know there was i was still empty i was still broken and the drugs were just something that was covering up that realization but holy spirit just awakened within me you know the bible says that in ecclesiastes chapter 3 that god has placed eternity in the hearts of men and what that simply means is that deeply implanted within the nature of man's existence is an eternal space a space that can only be filled by someone that's eternal. And looking back, I realized that that was the conviction God placed on me when I received the invitation that, man, there's something missing. And I just felt compelled that this is where I would find that missing piece in my life. And so I went and, you know, sometimes I went to those meetings high, you know, my mind, you know, clouded, you know, but God's word was able to penetrate and, I realized it doesn't matter how you come. What matters is that you just come. Mm, mm. We, we can come just as we are. And God is the one that, can, that would do the change and the transformation. Mm-hmm. Great, great story, Taj. Thank you uh, for sharing. How did your How did your family respond? You said you said that they were not religious people. How did they respond when uh, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ? Yeah, well, during that time, my mom started going to church, and so she was she was overjoyed. She was happy. It was the answer to her prayer. Um, you know, she had found drugs in my room and as a single parent, she was obviously worried and tried her best, didn't know what to do, but she was praying for me and, and God heard her prayer and, and, and changed my life. And so she was overjoyed and, you know, my other family members, you know, who weren't Christians, you know, they were happy that I wasn't doing drugs and doing crazy things anymore, but they weren't, you know, so sure about this God thing. Um, so it took a while for them to really be happy for me. Um, but a lot of, of, you know, a few of them did end up coming around and getting baptized as well. So I'm so grateful for that.
Mm, yeah, praise God. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned that you, uh, as a result of those meetings, you gave your life to God, you came off the drugs, you committed your life to God and you came off the drugs. Did you go through a you know a nasty withdrawal process? Was that a bit of fight? Or was it one of those things where you know God just stepped in and you're just like, yep, no, I'm done with it and you never had a, had a temptation for it again? You know, there was definitely times that right after that where temptation was strong. I mean, especially in the in the week right after that, I had so many opportunities to get high for free. You know, it's interesting when when uh, you you give your heart to Christ, the devil then tries his best. He makes it so easy for you to to slip back. But by God's grace, I was steadfast. You know, I never touched it again. I I. I went forward and never looked back and the Lord, he really did something supernatural because he took away the craving for it, the desire for it. The opportunity was still there, but the desire was, was gone. So it was like I found a new high, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to trade that for anything else. How did you go from being a 16 year old kid who gives his life to God as a result of going to a series of meetings about prophecy to actually now yourself traveling the world teaching prophecy. Yeah, you know, was when I was going to those meetings as a 16-year-old young person, before I even made a decision to give God my heart, I was sitting there listening to the message, getting convicted by the truth, and it was as if God was speaking to me in a real strong impression. Taj, one day you're going to stand where that man is standing. One day you're going to be doing what he's doing. And, you know, the impact of the, the proclamation of the, the prophetic word of God and lifting up Christ was so profound and changing, life changing for me that I felt God calling me to do the exact same thing. And so I was, I felt like I was the least likely candidate to preach. You know, I'm very shy, naturally introverted, you know, grew up as the only child most of my life and, you know, real timid, but the Lord gave started giving me opportunities i preached my first sermon when i was 16 and uh you know <laughs> looking back i it was it was a terrible sermon you know i was stuttering i wasn't making the most sense my english was broken but i had an experience with jesus i was excited and people could tell and and so throughout the years i uh in high school i started getting involved in ministry on my own i started holding bible studies and the high school, the public high school or college I was going to, I would invite the whole school and people would come, you know, people knew me before as a druggie, as a pothead, but now they saw me carrying a Bible with clear eyes. And I was talking about Jesus. And so many of those young people came and six of my friends were baptized as a result. And so the Lord started confirming that he was, he had a plan and purpose for me. And he started teaching me and molding me and, um, yeah, that's basically how it happened. I just did the duty that lies nearest, got involved and share, in sharing with those immediately around me. And then God gave me more and more opportunity. He started expanding my territory, increasing my influence. I uh, went to a two-year Bible college um, after that, two-year training school called Souls West in Arizona. And then I was hired by the local conference in California to do evangelism. Mm, fantastic, great story. Uh, very quickly, uh, you've got another week of meetings left there in the uh, Newcastle Uni. What will you be speaking about, and uh, and how do we find out about more details? Yeah, uh, tonight 
um, our message is entitled The Mark of the Beast and the Seal of God. This, that's the topic tonight. It's a pretty heavy one on Revelation 13. Um, and then we go basically every night this week except for Thursday until August 30th. So we have uh, just about a one week left. And um, yeah, it's at the University of Newcastle, the social science room. Um, and it starts at seven o'clock every night. So, and afterwards we have refreshments time. We can fellowship, have some question and answers and stuff. So we invite people to come out and, and, uh, come for a blessing. Fantastic. That's, uh, Taj Pakleb, uh, speaking on Bible prophecy and this evening, speaking on the mark of the beast, a message not to be missed. Uh, that'll be seven o'clock in the social science building, Newcastle Uni. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Gavin Coyle with the Holy City. Last night I lay sleeping, there came a dream so fair. I stood in old Jerusalem beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, the voice of angels from heaven and answer rang. Methought the voice of angels from heaven and answer rang. Jerusalem, Call the angels 
new earth there seemed to be. I saw the holy city beside the tideless sea. The light of God was on its streets. The gates were open wide, and all who would might enter, and no one was denied. No need of moon or stars by night or sun to shine by. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn Radio app.